This is episode 14 of the Walk Magazine podcast. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, my name is Cindy Lehman. I'm the former editor and publisher of Walk Magazine and the host of the Walk Magazine podcast. As some of you who've listened to the show before could probably tell pretty easily, I have a cold right now, so I am going to make this intro really, really short. This episode is made up of two different sections. One is an interview with Masters Race Walker Tammy Stevenson, and then the second segment is a conversation with a couple different people who've started walking clubs and they give advice on how to start a walking club, but I'll get to that part later. Tammy Stevenson first became known to me back when I published Walk Magazine. She wrote an article for the magazine about her weight loss and her appearance on one of the morning talk shows about how she lost over 100 pounds. And the story was pretty impressive. And ever since then, I felt like I've known Tammy I didn't actually get to meet her until this past October when I was in Salt Lake City to do a half marathon, and I was able to spend the night with her, and she and my friend Deb and I had a conversation about how to get started race walking and talk a little bit about her weight loss. So without much more dragging it on, here's our conversation with Tammy Stevenson. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. You're very welcome, Cindy. <laughs> One of the things I was really interested in is how you started race walking. So uh, I joined Weight Watchers in 2005, and I was 100 pounds overweight. And after I'd lost about 50 pounds, I wanted to increase the intensity of my exercise. And I'd already been walking casually, but um, I, I just needed to up the intensity and... I, I thought, oh, I could run, but I knew I hated running. Like, historically, I just, I you know, I hadn't been uh, properly coached, so to speak, in running. And, and anyway, I just knew it was going to hurt too much, and I still had 50 pounds to lose, and that's a lot of extra weight to carry around when you're running oh, yeah. um, and leaving the ground with every step. So I happened to be visiting my parents, and my mom had a book on her coffee table called Walking, a complete, The Complete Guide to the Complete Exercise by Casey Myers. I'm telling you that book was a lifesaver because it talked about uh, fitness walking or uh, basically aerobic walking. He calls it aerobic walking, getting your heart rate up high enough walking to put you in the aerobic zone. And I thought this is the answer to my problem. And I started doing that and he had a chapter in the book on race walking. And I realized that I was pretty fast you know, after about, you know, six months or so of walking, and I thought, I really want to uh, pursue race walking. I think that sounds really interesting. And um, I Googled, and it turned out Dave McGovern was doing a clinic in the area in April 2007, and I took his clinic, and I've been hooked ever since. Oh, that's great. And now you're a pretty competitive race walker, aren't you? Um, yeah, I'm a competitive master's level walker. I I I'm, I have a competitive personality, and um, I've always enjoyed competing at things. I just didn't know that I had a hidden athlete inside. So what are some of your favorite events that you've entered? Um, favorite events? I Well, I guess my favorite events to do now are probably uh, judged race walks mm -hmm. because... Um, uh, you know, as you know, as a, as a casual walker or a, if you're a competitive walker and you enter a running race, and even if there's a walking division, people might beat you. Because I'm competitive, I don't like to be beat by a runner who's masquerading as a walker. If you're in a judged event, that simply doesn't doesn't happen to you. Right. And so I guess I, I really prefer judged walks. And you know what? The longer, the better. The longer the distance, the better. I feel like um, a 5K's... Uh, the intensity is a lot higher, and I, I prefer the longer walks. And what is your race pace at this point? Uh, well, I've been out of shape the past couple of years. I've struggled with a chronic fatigue-like illness that, oh. that thankfully has improved a lot in the last 
six months or so. So I just did a, a 20K in Sacramento last weekend. I wasn't trained to really do a hard 20K. I, I was pretty good for the first 15K. I did 133 uh, uh, and change for the first 15, and then the, the last 5K fell apart a bit, and I ended up doing 206. But um, uh, So right now my race pace isn't... isn't you know, as fast as I'd like it to be. I think I'm probably in 29-minute 5K shape. Um, so that's about a 10-minute mile? It's faster than yeah, a 10-minute Yeah, I, 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 I'm probably training at, you know, my long day training pace is probably 10.30. Okay. And, you know, 5K race pace is a bit under 10 minutes at the moment. Okay. You know, it's it's probably like, yeah, a bit under 10 minutes at so the moment. for a, a 20K, then do you shoot for like a 10.30? Or are you Yeah, I, I was a bit faster. I was 6... Uh, what was I, 6.14 per kilometer, which works out to... I do everything in K now. You're asking me all these miles <laughs> questions. Um, I did 6.14 per K for the 20K, and I, I wasn't... I'm not super happy with that. My PR is like is, is like two hours, and, and it's something I'd like to improve on before um, next year. I'd like to go do the World Masters in Perth, Australia. Oh. So, um, but yeah... Uh, you know, at the moment, I'm not in, in the world's best shape, but it's coming along. Well, and you entered a, a lot of USATF races, correct? Yes. I, I like to do, um, like I said, I like to do judged walks. And, you know, that's what that that's who puts on judge walks, essentially. So. And how far have you traveled so far for some of your races? Um, I think the, the farthest I've traveled so far to do a race would be New York. I did the 30K in... <laughs> Excuse me while I answer the doorbell. All right. So the, the farthest I've traveled to do a race so far is to Long Island for the 30K um, national championships. I also did the 40K in New Jersey, um, and I did the 50K in Houston. Um, but like I said, I like to. I did World Masters when it was in Sacramento, which was close by. But I'd like to. I really would like to do World Masters in Perth. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Australia? Oh, yeah. And then you can meet your coach. What, right. I've already met my coach. Um, my coach is Jim Lepic, um, from He's from Melbourne. And um, I've already met him because he came to the U.S. in 2011 for a three-week stay. And he visited various places in the country, including Salt Lake. And so we had a great visit. I took him to Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park. And, oh, how fun. Yeah. And when, you, when he's coaching you, how does that work? Um, so he's a, he's a fantastic coach and he really gives me a lot of time and, (coughs) excuse me, he really gives me a lot of time and we chat on Facebook a lot, uh, several times a week, you know, after, for sure, after every hard workout, you know, we touch base, um, and I, I blog about my workouts so he can go ahead and read my blog and then we chat about how it went and after every race he'll call me and see how it's going, which I think is fantastic. And then um, uh, I can send him videos online. He can look at them, coach me on some technique. Um, so it's been it's it's been really it's been really great to have a coach. Uh, you know, you're so you're so biased when it comes to your own self and what you can and can't do. And um, I think it's really valuable to have outside advice and input so I don't go off half-cocked and do something stupid. Like enter a half marathon when you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> I would never do that. So does he send you like a schedule every week of what he wants you to work on or is it monthly? Well, normally if, if I'm in full-on training mode, which I, I haven't been due to this chronic fatigue-like illness, but normally he'll send me like four weeks at a time um, or, you know, even up to eight weeks leading up to an important race, depending on what's going on. But lately it's been more like week at a time. Okay. Just, you know, he'll send me something on Facebook. Because he, he's been very attentive and monitoring my condition and just trying to help things along. But I, I've been doing a lot better, so it's, it's, it's good. Well, from talking to you just the last 24 hours, I can't imagine that you have any fatigue issues. <laughs> I, like I said, I've been feeling better. <laughs> um, one of the things we were wondering about is... When you know you're doing like a 40K, how do you fuel before you race? Um, I have, a, I, this is something that, that that I've had to work on a lot because I tend to have a GI distress mm-hmm. and it's really common for runners to have like runner's trots and it's really common for race walkers too. I've got a lot of walking friends that, that struggle with it. So um, 
I have to be very, very careful what I eat. So, you know, before a longer race, I, I know that gels or jelly beans, like some quick carbs like that, are pretty safe. They're gentle on my stomach and definitely a banana. Um, but, you know, I don't eat a lot before a race. But I do fuel very regularly during the race. So, like, before a long race, I'll probably have um, a goo packet and a banana. And then, um, you know, every 45 minutes during the race, okay. I'll take another goo or, or, you know, sports beans or goo chomps or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, it, I have to be careful. I have okay. a sensitive stomach. And so do you always use the same flavor? No, I don't. I, I mean, I prefer the fruit flavors, the, 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 the chocolate. I'm a chocoholic, but I, the chocolate just doesn't go down well during a race. I don't know. But no, fruit, fruit flavored. And gels are so much easier than, you know, something that's chewy, especially in a race walk race. You know, you're going by the aid table. You've got two seconds to grab your goo and, you know, get it down. So That's, that's really interesting because I, I'm actually now finding out that in the middle of half marathons, I'm hungry. Really? Like, not like I feel like I need energy. Like, I am starving. Wow. I've never had that happen. Even during the 50K, I do not get hungry until after the race. And even after the race, it's like a 30-minute to one-hour delay. <laughs> but then, I'm so hungry, I could eat an entire house. Seriously. Well, and I think this being hungry in the middle of a race is, is weird. Yeah. I, and when I ask people about it, they go, what do you mean you're hungry? I'm like, I am so starving. Huh. So the last couple half marathons, I carried half a banana with me, and I would eat the right. banana in the middle of the race, and that's right. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, it's better than trying to eat a bunch of gels. I mean, for, for a half marathon, I definitely will take uh, two gels. I, sure. I usually take two Cliff shot blocks with uh-huh. me, mm-hmm. but that's not enough. I, mm-hmm. I need food. It's weird. Wow. It's weird. Well, now I know I really am weird because you don't even get hungry. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm an N of one. Here I am. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a scientist. N, N of one means nothing. It's just anecdotal yeah. experience. So It really is so individual what people use. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I yeah. have the Teddy Grahams that I found that are yeah. perfect. And, you know, I've eaten pretzels while out on a long walk before. That usually goes down okay. Um, but... You well, know. and Deb tried to use the shop blocks I use, but... Instant intestinal distress. Instant. On a training walk, thank goodness. Hmm. Yeah. Luckily, it was Strange. a trail that has restrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I use them all the time, but I'm really particular. I only use flavors that I've practiced with because you never know when one flavor is going to bother you. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Um, maybe I should, but I guess... I don't know. Obviously, that doesn't bother you. It doesn't. So the other thing that I'm really curious about is I would really love to do a judged race walk, but I don't know I don't know when you are going to do your first one. How do you figure out what is a good race walk for you to try? I mean, what level? Because you do all kinds of different race walks. Well, the first judged walk I ever did was I went to uh, U.S. Masters Outdoors. Okay. And I, but but that wasn't probably the best venue for necessarily first judge walk because I I paid big money for a plane ticket and hotel and car rental. And I just trusted that I wasn't going to get DQ'd, but, and I, I was fine. But, um, I, I definitely, if I were going to advise somebody like local, say from Utah to do it, you know, our club puts on two judged walks a year. It's a very non-threatening environment. You know, if you're not traveling to do it, you know, if you have a local USA track and field, uh, club that puts, that puts on a judged race walk, I think do something local and low key and, and a shorter distance. Okay. And then if you get DQ'd, so what? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a learning experience. You talk to the judges afterwards, you find out, you know, what what you need to improve upon so that you don't get DQ'd next time. And then you haven't spent a whole lot of time, effort, or money and if and, and you're not going to be as sad if you get DQ'd. Right. So what I did probably wasn't the smartest thing. But uh, at the time, there our club wasn't putting on judged walks in Utah. It's been that's been for a fairly new phenomenon for us. And so I don't really understand the hierarchy of the USATF judge race walks because it seems like you don't really even have to qualify to go to some of these national. Events, no, no, right? you don't, and and especially as a masters walker, there's there's no qualification times. Okay, it's 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 really the the qualification times are really just for. The big meets like uh, USA Outdoors, okay. um, you know, and that that's the meets that are for elite athletes okay. um, at the 20K distance. 
Um, but all the other, all the other walks, no, I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about being a race walker is, you know, you can be a big fish in a small pond and, and, you know, if, if you can walk a, a legal race, most, almost every race is going to welcome you. So, like I said, the only things that have standards are usually the USA, USA outdoors and, uh, like the Olympic trials races. Okay. Um, yeah. And what do you want to know, Deb? This has been fascinating. I don't, I don't know. You do. You ha- how do you ha- how do you juggle everything with your kids and your job and your race walking? How do you do? Do you com- compartmentalize it, or you just set aside time? Okay, now I have to go race walk. Right, right. You just have. I, I'm. I've always been a pretty organized person, and uh, you just have to organize your time and prioritize. I, I'm not always very successful at that. But uh, in general, I find that if I don't work out first thing in the morning, it's never going to happen. Right. So, so my early morning training time, that's for me. I get up and I go train at, you know, uh, 5.30, 6, 6.30 a.m., depending on what I've got and what time I need to be home at um, mm-hmm. to get the kids off to school. So I go train, and then I come back, um, then I go to work, and I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to work 30 hours a week. And so that gives me a little extra time with my kids and I can schlep them around to their various activities in the afternoon and, you know, make sure that I get play dates scheduled for them. And then, you know, yeah, I'm busy and I'm probably a little too busy. I'm working on trying to prioritize things. You know, over the past few years I've been learning, uh, you know, it's taken me until my 40s to learn how to say no to things. But I'm, <laughs> I'm getting better at saying no. So I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> I probably will never be very good at it, but if I can just be adequate at it yeah. most of the time, I think that'll be sufficient. <laughs> so if somebody is interested in starting race walking, what is the first thing you would recommend they do? Uh, you know, I tried to teach myself and that was a big mistake. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty coordinated. I'm, I'm pretty like body aware, which, which helps. But, uh, I, I would say definitely, um, Google, find out where your local walking club is, make some connections with the local people who can, who know how to race walk, who can show you the technique. And, uh, you know, if you have a chance to travel to do a clinic or get a clinic in your area. So I know Tim Seaman and Jeff Salvage do clinics, Dave McGovern does clinics, uh, definitely get some help, you know, get a clinic, get some books on it, read up on it, educate yourself, but find some friends to show you. So anyway, how would you like? How would you recommend someone get started after they've been to a clinic and they've joined a local walking club or find local walkers? How do they actually get into a race? Uh, you know, I think that you need to just. I, I was what I was going to say. I was sort of anticipating your question, but I think that you. For me, I always have to have a race on my calendar. If you put a race on your calendar, if you sign up and you pay the money for it, then you have to train. It's like. It's like making yourself do it. And, and then you get out and you'll do it because you want to do well. At least that's my mindset. And so definitely put a race on your calendar. Um, and then, you know, have your friends support you and help you. And, uh, you know, if, if you get serious about it, get yourself a coach, you know, depending on how serious you are. I don't know. Am I answering your question? I think maybe you had a... No, I think you're doing fine. Okay. I'm, I just wasn't sure that I was getting at what you were getting at anyway. But yeah, I definitely would say put a race on your calendar. And, you know, maybe if you want to start small, like I said, and do a local judged walk. Or do a, do a running race and just do it as a walker. I do that all the time for little tune-ups. Because in Utah, there we only have a few judged walks a year. So I have to generally travel to race walks. So I'll enter running races as a walker just to... Have something on my calendar and make sure that I do it. And then, you know, if you finish your first 3K or 5K judged race walk and you didn't get any red cards or maybe you only got one and you feel like your form is legal, then go for it. You know, pick pick something longer. And uh, if you feel like you want to do a long race, I mean, you, it, the sky's the limit at that point. You know, work your way up. And what is the longest race for the race walk right now? Uh, 50K. And men and women can compete in the 50K. In fact, uh, uh, Aaron Taylor Talcott has been super instrumental in getting, uh, really pushing for women to have equality in the 50K. Um, and in, in fact, uh, the latest news is that women can now have a world record in the 50K. Before mm-hmm. it was a world's best, but now it's officially, this is just in the past week, you can have a world record. Oh, wow. So, um, 
I've done a 50k. It was a fantastic experience. Uh, you know, it, it's I, it's an amazing distance. It's it definitely takes a little bit different personality to want to walk for 31 miles. But well, and actually, it to be legal too. Yes. I mean, you can walk 31 miles just for the fun of it, and that's totally different from trying to make sure you're proper form. Yes. Yes. And I I tell you, at the end of a 50k, you really do think about maintaining your form because you're tired. Yeah. Well, is there anything we didn't ask you about that you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, I think I think we've covered a lot. Well, thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate you doing Thank you, Cindy, this. for for coming and paying me a visit. <laughs> Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. My friend Deb and I did stay with Tammy um, the a couple days before we did the Haunted Half Marathon in Provo, Provo, Utah. And we just had a great time visiting her and getting to know her and her kids and her husband. It was just a lot of fun. Um, there are a couple of weird edits in that episode just because, <laughs> or in that segment, just because she has two great dogs and they were they were barking periodically, which I was trying to edit out and make it sound natural. Uh, regardless, we had a great time with Tammy, and I'm really glad that she she let us stay with her, and it was nice to finally get to meet her in person, and it was really great having a, the opportunity to talk to her. I will include information about the book that she mentions in the show notes. Now, the second segment includes my friends Liz Plot and Larry Smith, and the three of us talk about walking clubs and how to get them started. This This segment was really really hard to edit because we know each we know each other fairly well and we like each other so a lot of it went off topic and I just had a heck of a time editing it down to a, a somewhat listenable length uh, in the show notes for this episode or for this section I'm going to include links to the two walking club or the three walking clubs that we talk about and then after the the after the interview Larry provided me with some tips for how to get started that I'm also going to include in the show notes so without dragging this on with my cold here is here's a conversation with Liz and Larry about walking clubs German Village Walking Club. And Liz? The Gehanna Get Moving Team. And Larry, your t- your club is fairly new. You've been to get, you've been around for how long? We just started officially June. Okay. This is the middle of July, right? So, so about uh, six weeks? Yeah, and <laughs> six weeks. Officially, I started the club from scratch. Started, you know, pulling it together in February. That was my first mistake. Yes. Who starts an outdoor walking club in February? In Ohio. So, in, o- in Ohio. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're just really getting it going. And Liz, how long has your club been around? Been around nearly ten years. Okay, and you're this, and you founded yours also. Also, yes, I did. Okay. December, ten years ago. In the winter again. In the winter, and it snowed two inches that day. <laughs> well, I'm a member of the Buckeye Striders. I was not a founding member, and I believe it's been around for more than fifteen years, but I don't know how much longer than. Um, first of all, I'd like to know what made you decide to form your club. How about since yours was around longer, Liz? How about if you start? How what made you decide to form your team? Many reasons. Well, first of all, people really need to exercise. It's all about physical health. I mean, that's the bottom line. And then, as we, I found out, I really wanted to walk. It was hard to find people to walk with, so it's sort of a selfish reason to keep me motivated. So put out the word, and the first day we had a couple hundred people show up. Oh my gosh! I was shocked. And uh, <laughs> we took up the whole park at Blackley because we not a lot of walking clubs. Okay. Wow. Well, that's how you market it, you know. Not sure I have a good insight on that because I'm a Weight Watcher instructor. Also. Oh yeah. But you know, to me, it's about physical health, mental, spiritual, it's social, 
And if you can make it social, the group will grow. Mm-hmm. If they enjoy each other and events, just like our event that Sunday or Saturday, people are excited. You know, I try to keep some excitement going. But it's not just about going out and working the miles and being fast and burning off some calories and keeping your weight down. And that's what some people think. It's, it's a social issue. And that's how you keep a club or a team going. Make it fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's holistic in terms mm-hmm. of it's the physical, but it's the mental, All spiritual. Right. When I'm out walking, it's clear in my head. Me too. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm by myself and, you know, I just have time to... Cheaper than going to a shrink. It, a lot cheaper. <laughs> and, um, you know, I moved from the suburbs and was in a walking club in the suburbs, New Albany Walking Club. And, and for close to, well, when I first started walking for exercise 10 years ago, 10 years this year... And then we moved, we moved uh, uh, downtown, downtown Columbus. We wanted to do some urban living, and, and we love downtown Columbus. And I was not going to, I really wasn't, I, I didn't have any interest when I moved down to really starting a, a walking club. But um, as we've been there over a year now, I wanted to, I, I saw there was a need. And, I, and, I, and walking is important to me. I think it's. It's important in a lot of ways, like you said, Liz, and for health benefits. And I saw being downtown, I saw a need, and I saw a niche, and I saw, you know, we have walking clubs. You guys have your walking clubs, but I see really an untapped market, and we are so diverse downtown. You know, you've got, you know, people come from all backgrounds, and, you know, you've got uh, wealthy people, you've got poor people, and, and, and walking it's such a great way and to to be able to um, for great health benefits it's cheap um, it's easy mm-hmm. and, it, and it's effective and so I you know I'm trying to expand our, our walking community in Columbus really I would like to walk with your group some because I just think it'd be great to walk downtown that's what I was thinking <laughs> you, know? you know I mean the trails are great but man you know I, I know, um, and you know, I, I, I was doing the, the trails in the parks for, know, for a run lot into of years, yeah. right, and we run into each other, and we see each other at events, and it's great, and, and I love the walking community, I've made so many nice friends and, and relationships, it's, it's been awesome, and, but I really like this urban living, and, and what you don't get, um, and what I try to do in, in my walking group now is trying to hit different parks as we walk along. But we're we're downtown. We're on the streets, so you have to cross streets, and mm-hmm. and it's it's a different feel. But it, you know, it's and maybe because I'm still into it for a year and living in new surroundings, it's all new and fresh, and things seem to change. And and I'll get in the middle of uh, we're talking about different events downtown, and I'll accidentally start walking in. You know, I'm on my own on a weekend, walking in the middle of uh, a 5K race, <laughs> and I'll just I'll just go th- through it. But so I. I I actually want to show people that downtown Columbus is actually a pretty cool place to, to live and, and hang out. That's a great goal. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Well, I don't know how the Buckeye Striders got it started, but when I first was a member, they were all race walkers, and I was not. And I was intimidated because race walking, to me, was so scary. So I, I was a marathon walker, and I would see them on the trails, and they kept asking me to join them. I'm like, oh, I'm not like you people. <laughs> not like you people. <laughs> but uh, at the most, we've had 40 members, but we typically hover around 30 with 20 who are active. But that's, that's a good group, though. Use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my goal. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like I said, I've started out, just starting out, and if I can get you know, in this first year, get 10 to 12 to 15 people, a a good core, Mm -hmm. you know, in a year or so, and then if I can, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. a couple years, get people coming out that, you know, closer to 20, that'd be good, too. And now, you know, I'm between 30 and 40. When they come, I get excited, man. I mean, I'm doing it for me, too, you know. It's not just for the the team. I I enjoy it. It's fun. Right. You know, everybody's excited at the end. They finish, and then they go and get breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So... When your people meet, what is their goal when they're walking? The goal can, you mean, man, that's a big question. It can vary on the person. You mean as far as mileage or what they or need the, to want to accomplish? The, uh, well, see, the Buckeye Striders typically are training for something. We have a, a large group of people who 
tendon and okay. the races. So okay. we're either trying to go fast so we can do 5Ks faster, or there are a lot of us who do half marathons, so we're training for distance. Right. So, I mean, there aren't a lot of us who walk just for fitness every week. Okay, in our club, I have everybody doing everything. Okay. So, you know, and so they have to tell me, what are you training for? So if someone's training for a half marathon, they're going to be there at 6.15, because I say, if you want to train with, you know, be there at 6.15. The people who show up at 7.30, most of those are those who really just want to get a walk-in for physical fitness or just for the fun of having a group to meet and be committed to. Okay. And then we also have a second time at 8.30, people show up. Some people will do the whole time if they're training for a half mm -hmm. marathon. Some of them are training for speed, some of them are not. They all okay. have different goals. Okay. So you have to work with all that. You know, but so they have, like us. you have to communicate. But I don't have a lot of people who are after speed. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, right now, sometimes I have, but right now most of the members, I think a lot it's because of the summer, the rain, and yeah. the winter is so rough too. Most people are out because they just want to be outside and enjoy being outside, walking, seeing sceneries, and we're trying to do things a little bit different, like meet at different parks and stuff add some excitement, but just enjoy moving, you know, it's like just physical fitness with the mind and the spirit and everything, and this, this has been a hard summer, you know, you don't, you haven't had to cancel a lot, you said, um, we I, have, yeah, I because have of flooding and stuff, oh, just because of, we've had inclement weather, heavy right. rains, and, mm -hmm. and people are getting uptight, they, you, hey, when are we going to walk again, <laughs> yeah, we only walk one day a week, mm -hmm. I don't bet you guys. As a, as a group. We just added a Wednesday speed workout this summer. Yeah. So typically, the most, we, well, the most we've had has been six. But typically there's about four, four or five of us, and it's the, it, it rotates. It's not always the same four. See, that's on what Saturday. I'm thinking about doing. No, on Wednesdays. On Wednesday night. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking about doing next year, because my schedule is a little bit different now. Uh, having one evening people get together or maybe even one morning I could work at my schedule because most of my Weight Watcher classes are at noon or at night so trying to add one extra because people keep bugging me man let's do this during the week you know but there again finding the time you can never make everybody right. happy and, and I looked at all the local running clubs and they typically meet at 6.30 on either Wednesday or Thursday and I proposed 6.30 and and uh, a couple of us met at a high school at 6.30 so we could see what the track was going to be like, to see who was there. And we found it really hard to go home from work, right? change our clothes, sit around, and then go out and walk. I couldn't and, do it. <laughs> and, nobody, and no one had any interest in 6.30, which I found really funny. So we meet at 4.30, and Larry had said to me, don't know if you have jobs. <laughs> But right. the ones who meet are either retired or self-employed or, like like me, get off work really, really early. So Any club, you're never going to get everyone there because everybody's schedule is different. Um, finding that out. Um, just it's hard. With, just with deciding, it, when, when I started this out, you know, this is spring, what day? Saturday or Sunday for, mm -hmm. for a group? And I started on Sunday. I started out on Sunday the first two years. Yeah. And I started Sunday for the first six weeks, <laughs> and and then I switched to, to Saturdays, um, just because you're never going to catch everybody, right. like right. I said. And I got a lot of people who tell me about their uh, they love their yoga class on Saturday mornings or their TRX class. So I you know I don't know, but I'm just sticking with it right. and, and see how it goes, and you know try to find find our niche and and what our group wants to do like you guys you know you said some you know the Buckeye Striders uh more speed more races and as you're doing um you know you got a mix of everything right. and, I, and I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna end up with also is more of a mix because um as one person told me that um you know, again, on my lessons learned and how I'm going for, um, you know, only a few months in, is that um, they think I might be too intimidating in terms of how I'm marketing myself. Just for example, this is a funny <laughs> example. Just the name of my my Gmail address is Larry Walks Fast, and so so That's true. It, so somebody, but you do yes, but but so on so on so over this past weekend, somebody told me it's just changed it to Larry Walks, 
and, and, and get rid of the fast. And instead of saying we go three to five miles, just put a time, 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Don't intimidate people with the miles. So I'm, oh, I'm, I never thought of that one. So I'm learning this. And actually, so I need to start tailoring more to recognizing more people who, who are um, slower than I am and, and slower than many people are. But I always try to say, I have the term um, walk with purpose. So I just, I don't want to, I don't want to intimidate people. I just want to say you want to walk with purpose. You want to, you want to get out there and not, not like, stroll. Yeah, like you have a, some place mm-hmm. to get to. But you don't have to go crazy, you right. know. Well, I don't want you to think that we don't have a wide range of speeds. And, and our, some of our fast people, or people who are getting fast, are really not very fast. They're just getting faster for them. Yeah. So that's a big difference. But we have a, a wide range of speeds, and we do have people who don't race. Typically, we set up our schedule that we meet at 8 on Saturday, and we walk for one hour. So we walk half an hour out, half an hour back. Or so many loops at Sharon Woods, or so many loops at Franklin Park, or whatever. And that's so it's typically time, unless people are training for something, and then it's distance. Well, our loop at Creekside is 3.1 miles exactly, which is really neat. So, yeah, they what's really neat is uh, plus, you know, it it is beautiful, there's no doubt. It Uh, is, you know, the 3.1, they do one loop or two or three, depends on what they're training. And now that that trail is going to be. You know, they're beginning to break right. the trail now. And the trail's going to go all the way over to uh, Academy. Yeah. It should be done by the end of the year. Oh, nice. So that's going to be really extend that trail. And I can't wait because, you know, I'm very involved with the city on that. And I'm a volunteer for the city with Parks and Rec, trying to get these trails. But I think I'd like to come down and walk with Larry in the city, though. See, I think that'd be a whole new challenge. Oh, it would. Yeah, it's just a, you it'd know. be it's beautiful. A, it's just yeah, it's, something it's different. It's nice. You know, you. You have done, uh, you probably all have done Columbus Marathon or Half Marathon, and so you're kind of in the race mode. Yeah, it would be. Not really looking around, but here you have a chance to look around, and German Village is, you know, I live down there now, and every time I walk in the street, I see a new garden or, or a house. It's like, wow. I think be neat. Yeah, so. You know, one thing I've learned, Larry, over the years, it's really, really important is to talk to each member of the team each Saturday. I don't care if there's 30 or 40. I make sure I walk with them for a minute or so and talk to them. But find out what their goals are and you know, what do you want to accomplish. Some of my members care nothing about races. Nothing. Right. But I have members in their 70s. You know, They just want to come out, have a group to be with, and enjoy it and do something good for themselves. Other people want the races, but you have to communicate. That's part of your marketing. Yeah. You know, hey, what do you want to accomplish? I'm the youngest person in my club. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yes. You are? Yeah. Oh, I have people 21 to 77. Well, Jack is 84 or 85, and then I'm the youngest, and I'm in my 50s, so we don't have very many young people. (laughs) And the ones doing races all like... See, that's what I like about my group. You know, (laughs) we do have all the age brackets. All different goals, Mm -hmm. you know. But the thing is, they all enjoy each other. It's, it's, the, the networking is awesome. It sort of gives you, it's, to me, I just can't imagine. Every now and then I think about leaving Gahanna. I, I, don't know, I love this group. It's, it's really amazing. They're my friends. Yeah. You know, they yeah. become your friend. They and, do. And when they come up and say nice things, they're like, thank you for being here today. You know, I mean, you get so much positive feedback from your members. Oh, yeah, i got to keep this going. Yeah. yeah I no, just, I think. You get a lot out of it. Yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I it's did. Really, Probably right. more than any of the members did. Right. I really did. And yeah. you have a, you know, that's my old stomping grounds in Gahanna. Yeah. I love that area I do down too. there. And it's, beautiful. it's beautiful. And you got that hill. Yeah, Cardiac Hill. You have one hill? <laughs> I call it Cardiac Hill. And then there's a trail that goes by, and I named it Wussy Trail. <laughs> oh, when we want to do hills, we go to Sharon Woods. It's the right. only place where we can find a hill. Well, there's some at Chestnut Ridge, you know. We, we don't, that's not one of the parks we go oh, to. Oh, okay. Yeah. We rotate between five or six parks. Sharon Woods is great, though. Yeah, it is. I like Sharon Woods. And when you're down, Larry, when you're downtown, do you walk the same route every week? I try to vary it. Okay. So, again, I'm trying to hit some green space because, you know, we're, we're, we're downtown. And so we start at Schiller Park, which is beautiful. And... Then sometimes we'll go out to um, the new um, Scioto Audubon Park. That's right. Um, 
It's pretty. It, it's a great resource. It's you know three blocks from my house, and we go out there all the time. And um, so you can get about three miles going out there. So so people who want to do three miles on a Saturday morning will go there. Then people who want to go on and do five miles. Um, we'll go up Third Street and go around through Columbus Commons, through the park there, and through the State House and back around. Um, or we may just instead of Saturday um, Audubon go up through the downtown and to Nationwide Arena and back around the Saturday Mile along the river in Bicentennial Park. So I try to vary it, and sometimes I shift off to other German Village um, locations. So I, I try to keep it. Fresh. How do you keep up with everyone with all the different speeds? Well. I, I know that you think I'm a walker, but sometimes I have to run. To keep up. <laughs> to, yeah. To, to, oh to no. Yeah, because you got to keep. That's why I like about Creekside. Yeah. There's so many places that I can make sure everybody's there and not lost. Yeah. Or so, fallen. <laughs> right. And, and so I try to get back. Um, I'm starting to designate people who I'm learning. You know, we usually right. have a couple paces, so I'm trying to get people who can be pace leaders and hang with kind of be the group leader of the pack yeah. where they're where that's they're, what I do yeah yeah well, not that formal we basically just break up into paces as we go so yeah. everyone typically has someone to walk with but it might be a different person right. all the time yeah but typically we just naturally break up into groups based on pace you know, I'm only at this point. I'm only getting five to ten to twelve um, people. At, yeah, uh, but the thing is, we don't have streets to cross and red right. lights and things like that. Uh, I was wondering, have you do, do you have people sign in each day? I, see, don't. I You know, I do all I, that. I, I don't. Um, again, I keep their I keep their name and emergency contact in my phone too. That's a great idea. I, I don't again because it's people I. I, I know where they are. I've, I've only got right. a handful of people or, you know, 10 people or whatever. So I try to make sure that people, um, you know, you I've know, had to use that and, too. What's yeah. that? I've had to use those names and numbers when people fall, you know, you know, do you want me to call? It's all, you know, I have all that in my mm. phone. So yeah. emergency contacts. That's a great idea. It is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And I have them sign in and, um, I keep a clipboard there and, you know, when I leave, I know I can go through that list, make sure everybody's back. And so the group was getting bigger, you know, that was one of my concerns. Hey, I gotta keep contact all these people because I'm responsible for them, mm -hmm. or I feel like I am. I wanna make sure everybody gets back because that's part of this. They wanna make sure, hey, that their leader is gonna take care of them because things happen. I don't care where you are, weird right. things can happen, right. you know, uh, where you're on a trail or downtown. But yeah, I do the sign in sheet and I don't have them sign out, I sign them out as they. I make sure. So that's why you end up doing running. There have been some weeks where I had so many people, I had to get my bicycle out to keep up. Oh, my. Just to make sure they're all there. So I used to keep my bicycle in my car just in case. Because wow. you've got to make sure they're there. That's interesting, yes. Especially when we go to another park. You know, if we yeah. don't do Creekside, if I go to Black Lake or something, just to make sure everybody. So are you going to have officers or anything like we that? We do not. You do not? How, I have people who help organized? me. How is yours organized then? I'm the, what they call, I guess, I'm the organizer, the coach, okay. and then I have a couple people who help me, like, you know, like you said, I know about what their pace is, I'll say this is who's going, you know, would you watch out for so-and-so today, and, you know, they do, They're, they really work, but people do network, they find different groups. But right. you, but you don't have you don't have a board. You don't have anything no. like that. See, I'm a division of Parks and Rec of the City of Gahanna, right. so, so they took me on, which was great. That is really because nice. liability and everything. Is I'm an official nice? volunteer. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do do the members of your team pay dues or no. an entry fee or anything? No, it's free. Okay. The only thing they pay for is their shirt. Okay. It's a free service. You do not have to live in Gahanna. I have people from other counties. They just want somebody to work with. Nice. Mm -hmm. So there's no fee. And you do have membership dues. We do. We do. Um, so it's right now we have membership dues. See, we started out with some. There was a, hey, you know, that kept some people from coming. I didn't want that. So I hit the city up. Let's, I said, okay. Yeah, I'm still working the business end. My wife made me put a business plan together, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, okay. But I, you know, there's some costs. I mean, I'm, right. it's a, a oh, I know. LLC, it's so I have an attorney, I have filing fees for, for incorporation. Um, and 
on. So it's twenty dollars a year, and and I'd like to eliminate that or reduce it if I could. And you get a T-shirt, you know. And um, but I'm trying to fit, and I'm trying to get some sponsorship, and I've gotten a little bit of sponsorship. So. Yeah, See, that's why I wanted to stay away from. That's why when the yeah. city hit me up, I was getting ready to make some moves at that time anyway. I thought the city actually called me and said, you know, would you talk to us about bringing the team to the city of Gahanna and letting us be involved? So yeah. I, I right away thought, oh, man, you know, this means I'll have an attorney that, that I don't have to pay for. <laughs> yeah. And everything. So liability-wise, I'm covered. Well, we are a member of USATF. Right. So that gives us that covers liability you. insurance. Absolutely. $50 a year or something because right. I had to, looked into that right and we have to have so many members of our board members no. of USATF yeah. so typically for a while we had all four of our board members members of USATF I did that yeah. I really did a lot of research and now on I that. think we only have two or three thinking I might do that and that's when the city actually called me one Sunday night I thought wow this could be an answer because you, know, you have to protect yourself right yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's why we have our USATF Mm -hmm. um, we actually have um, board members. We have a president, vice president, secretary, and a treasurer. And then we have elections every year. We have a, an annual meeting where we have elections. We have to, we have six meetings a year. We have dues. I think they're eighteen dollars a year right now. Um, and then when you pay your dues, you also get a shirt and you get a membership card so that you can get discounts at the local running stores because they all recognize us. And what else do we do? We have bylaws. That's what I was thinking. Right. Wow. Yes, we have bylaws and everything. When they when they set us up, they they really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know Jack was one of them, and Laura was one of them. I don't know who else was in it, but they they spent a lot of time researching to make sure that it was. You know what I did after we got started? I called several places like Second Soul and said, "Would you work with my club or my team and give us discounts?" Sure, everybody. All you have to do is call them. Right. You tell and they go in there and say, "Hey, we're with the can to get moving." They're all going to get the discounts. Right. So, and that is a good thing to offer to your team members. Part of the, hey, you go here, get a pair of shoes, and to fit them. Because a lot of people, I don't know about you, and they'll probably if it hasn't, it will. People come in wearing shoes and think, "Oh my God, they're going to break their ankles for them." <laughs> right. Then you have to be nice and recommend, "Hey, why don't you go and get fitted for shoes without intimidating them?" And now you have running stores downtown, so you guys don't have to, you don't even have to leave downtown to find shoes. I know, that's right. And, and that's what we did. We partnered with, I called Second Soul. I'm, I uh, right. went to Second Soul in, in Gahanna. Randy. Yeah. And Randy. And, you know, I was starting this club. He was starting um, a store in the short north, you know, downtown. Oh, yeah. And so he, he's, you know, he's helping me out. He's a sponsor. Um, he's... Um, you know, going to provide. Um, he's talking about providing water and Gatorade at that event um, on August. No 1st. wine, right? No wine. You know, it's about the, you know, the number of walking groups and the competitiveness. I, I actually, I don't think of you guys as competition. I'm, Me I'm either. I've never had walking downtown. You know, and so I'm just trying to expand it, and, and so it right. doesn't. I don't really yeah, give it a thought. I, mean, I don't think of it as being a yeah, competition. Not at all. We're not. Yeah. We're trying to get it really. I like to see people, when I first started doing marathons, you know, back in 1995, it's like, you tell somebody you walk a marathon, it's like, yeah, sure, you know, nobody did it. Right. I want to see walking recognized as a real sport, you know, because yeah. it is a sport, you know. And we're athletes. Actually. We're athletes, yeah. more, yes, we are. We're out there a lot longer than the runners, well, Absolutely. some of the runners. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than passing runners. <laughs> oh, it is. There is a ha huh about that, isn't there? <laughs> Though, um, Deb told me I'm not allowed to count out loud anymore. <laughs> no, you're not. I, no. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and, and I, we joked that we get bonus points when we pass a runner who's puking. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's only happened once, but I thought it was really funny. It's a crowd out there. Yeah. Man, that's good to know. I'm going to watch out for these walkers now. Um, with you, um, Liz, how many members do you have compared to how many people who show up weekly? I have about 110 members on the books. Okay. Depends on the weather. Lately, Saturday I had 34. But a lot of times in the summer I had around 40. Okay. But this summer has not been up to par. And you never know who's going to show up. 
And it's word of mouth as far as marketing with Gehanna now. Yeah. Uh, people hear about it. And that's the way we get the get it out, is word of mouth, you know. I think you kind of um, touched on it, Liz, at the beginning, but there's a serious health issue in this country. Yes. And and you know, I you know the, I just want to get the word out that, you know, you can you can feel a lot better and and it's not a lot of effort. Um, and you know, just start, just start walking. Everybody can right. walk. Most everybody can walk, and get out the front door and start moving. You'll feel a lot better mentally, um, you know, physically, and just start and take the first step. It, it is just, I, you know, I've taken a couple trips to Europe in the last couple years, last few years. The only overweight, obese people in Europe, in France, and in London, um, you know, in, in Paris and London. Are, Ameri- are the Americans? That's how you tourists. know who the tourists are. Yeah, and I know is, when I was in London, same thing. It's actually it's it's terrible. It's it's, it's really bad. But you know, walking. I love the expression "walking will add years to your life" or "life to you, years to your life and life to your years." And to me, it's more about life to my years. You know, yeah. I want to be out there moving. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me. I wanted to explain to everybody why that audio cuts off a little oddly. Larry, Liz, and I talked for over an hour and a half, but for some reason the recording stopped after only 30 minutes. So even though we talked a great deal more about walking clubs, and we did get off on so many different tangents, and I only had the first half hour of audio, which is probably good because it made it so much easier to edit it down to the length that it is now. Um, In the show notes, I am going to include links to both of their walking clubs. And Larry also gave me a couple or gave me a list of tips for things you should think about when you're starting a walking club. I'll include that too. Well, that concludes this episode of the Walk Magazine podcast. I like to end every show with my favorite quote, Why run slow when you can walk really fast? The Walk With Me theme song was written by Gordon Lehman, recorded at Real Time Audio in Denton, Texas. The recording engineer is Eric Delagarde, produced by Eric Delagarde and Gordon Lehman, vocals by Whitney Wilson, cello by Madeline Hansen, guitar and Fender Rhodes by Gordon Lehman. Thanks, Gordon. Thank you for listening. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me,